Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Are you guys grinding or are you guys having fun? Afternoons on the score. We're grinding. And this ball game is over. Cavaliers coming to Chicago. Steal the game without four of their best players. The final 109.95 Cavaliers. Like I said, we're grinding. Oh, is that you? Gabe and Grody. Oh, okay. Parkinson Spiegel most certainly having fun as they enjoy their day off as they should. They work hard all year long. They deserve this time off to reset the brain, come back at you guys with some fresh ideas. So this week, Mark Grody and I are going to be hanging out with you Monday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 2 to 6 p.m., sometimes 6.45 like today as we lead you into Bulls basketball. Bulls taking on the Atlanta Hawks tonight. Uh, game starts at 7. Pre-game starts at 6.45. And, of course, uh, that's with Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wenton, Alyssa Bergamini. And I do want to remind you, um, not, you know, we have that game coming up in just a second, but uh, the Super Bowl, a game that a lot of people are going to be watching. And we have a Super Bowl contest uh, here on 670 to score. If you're a local business owner or an employee and you want to have your commercial air during Super Bowl 58 right here on the score, this is your chance. So the score... We've launched a new contest called Score Big for Your Business, where you can enter to win a 30-second Super Bowl commercial on the score's broadcast of Super Bowl 58 from Westwood One. 
All you got to do is log on to 670thescore.com slash contest to enter right now and to learn more details. The deadline is January 19th. So get on it early so that that way it's awesome. you can boost up some business. Um, uh, but right now, we're going to try to boost up the morale of Chicago Bulls fans uh, with our next guest because Bulls were on a hot streak, won a couple games in a row, and then they faced the team in the Cleveland Cavaliers who Chuck Swirsky just mentioned were down a few players. Um, and it was almost like you were watching the game and – I, you know what? You know what? I I got taken back to when I was like a child, and I used to watch the Bulls in the '90s. There were times when I would watch the Bulls, and I remember this vividly because I was a kid. You know, I was like I was a single-digit kid, and it was I would be like crying when the Bulls would lose. Oh yeah, just regular season games, right? Because I'd be like, why can't they score? Why aren't these shots going in? Why is the opposing team making all these jumpers? Like. And I would get so frustrated with the Bulls losing. And I felt like this game against the Cavs was one of those. Where, like, they kept hitting threes. The Bulls couldn't seem to convert. They couldn't cut the lead enough. And then it was just, like, one of those frustrating moments. But I did not shed a tear. I will say that. <laughs> That's, hey, I was I was in college, and I, I would shed a tear. I used to make deals. Like, I was so into those 90s Bulls, I would, like, make deals with God. Like that. That's what, like they'd be down in a game. Like that's how ridiculous Please. it was. It's Jordan, but it, that I'm so, you and I need to talk about that more. Okay, because that's yes. I say something about our personalities. All right, joining us right now in the guest hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. He's our editor here at 670thescore.com, but he also covers the Bulls for us here as well. It is none other than Cody Westland. Cody, happy holidays! Thanks for hanging out with us. Good to be on, guys. Uh, Were you crying? You great. Were you crying during the '90s too? When whenever the Bulls would lose. Um, I do remember going, I believe, to a Bulls preseason game at the Mark of the Quad Cities, which is on the Illinois-Iowa border, and I think they lost the preseason game at the buzzer to, like, the Kings or something, and, and that was pretty rough on me, Gabe. So, um, I have been there before. I don't think I got to uh, watch as many MJ games in person as you guys that live close to the United Center and Chicago Stadium, obviously, in those old days, but... Yeah, I mean, I think we've all been there in life, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we have. And now now we're crying for different reasons watching this Bulls team because they lose to the Cavaliers, an undermanned squad. Was it just one of the – tell me it was just one of those nights that you just run into throughout the course of a season. It absolutely was. I cannot stress that enough, guys. I put no stock into the game. Um, I don't think anyone did. Not to say the Bulls didn't play hard, but when you're going for post-game takeaways, it was Christmas is here, we got a day off. Uh, we've been playing really good basketball. That's the Bulls' mindset, how that game went the other night. And I don't know what else to really say about it, right? I mean, Kobe White's been their best player for weeks now, and he shot 0 of 8 from 3. That's going to happen sometimes. He's not going to shoot 50, 55% from three-point range the rest of the season. So they had one of those nights, not efficient enough. And even though the Cavs are undermanned, like, it's an 82-game NBA season. It's, it's so long. It's a marathon, guys. Those are going to happen. Now, if they start happening once every week, once every two weeks, once every three weeks, there's a serious problem. I'm not going to put too much stock into that one, though, really. Trey Young, good to go, Ty. I know that he was uh, had been questionable. Is yeah. it? He's good to go? He is good to go, Grody. And now that you bring up the, the injury status, it's interesting because I'm in the uh, bowels of the United Center by the loading dock where the players come in often from the buses and the cars. And Nikola Vucevic just walked by about 60 to 90 seconds ago in his street clothes. He was ruled out about a half hour ago, 45 minutes ago, by the Bulls and Billy Donovan. Um, he has an adductor strain. Uh, Billy Donovan called it a groin strain. It's basically uh, a series of muscles around your groin and hips. So really, he's suffering from um, 
lower body soreness right now, I mean, to, uh, to, to best term it. So he's out tonight. The Bulls don't know how much longer he could be out. Um, he was just walking. I didn't see a significant limp from Vooch, but uh, he's obviously in a spot where he's not going to play tonight. The Bulls next play on Thursday, but they'll see, have to see how he responds the next couple of days. But um, like Billy Donovan said, um, got a strain there in some key muscles, and they think it happened on that play where Max Struess dunked on him the other night was where they think it started. Like, I don't know if you were watching the game real close there, being right before Christmas, but Struess went up hard for a dunk and kind of kicked his leg um, or knee kind of into Vooch's side as he went up on his dunk form. And there was an offensive foul called, then there was a challenge, then there was seven minutes went by, we all lost a lot of our life, and they finally said it's just a normal <laughs> dunk. But um, the dunk, the, the, the play left Vooch worse for the wear. So. Uh, the Bulls are going to be short-handed, and that means a lot more Andre Drummond minutes tonight, I think. Well, go ahead, Gabe. No, no. I was, I was going to say, I mean, that that stinks, I mean, obviously, that he's injured. But it, I don't know, where where does he rank on the players that have been rejuvenated since, you know, the, this 8-4 and four streak without Zach Levine? Well, I think uh, Kobe White's stats suggest he's the most rejuvenated, but when you look at stylistically how they're playing, I, I don't think anyone's been happier than Vooch just with the ball movement, how they've swung the ball time and again. I mean, some people um, who are smarter than me, I mean, were tweeting stats about Vooch the other day. Like, he's getting the ball more and he's getting off of it more and passing it quicker. Like, the ball's in his hands for one second, 1.5 seconds. He's swinging it. He's finding a cutter. And that's what Vooch, if you go back to the very first game of the season when the Bulls got blown out by the Thunder at the United Center, he expressed frustration to Billy Donovan about how the offense was operating, essentially. And if you look at it now, he's been really happy with how um, everything's gone. He just, he's been a key cog in the offense, and it doesn't mean he's putting up 25 or 30 points, but it means the ball's in and out of his hands and he's involved. So uh, you, you nailed it, Grody. He has been very rejuvenated, I think, in his spirit of how these Bulls have been playing. And he's a key player. He played all 82 games last year. This will be his first missed game of this season for Vooch. So he has been a staple in the Bulls lineup since they got him. That's a big reason they got him a few years ago to, to start the rebuild, obviously. Um, and it's been a lot of inconsistencies, up and downs for him when it comes, especially to his outside three-point shooting percentage and such. But um, they're going to miss him tonight, no doubt, against the Hawks. Talking to Cody Westerland here on 670, the score. Gabe and Grody filling in for Parkinson Spiegel. You mentioned Andre Drummond, and, you know, it's interesting, Cody, because, you know, before he op opted back into his deal, you know, I thought to myself, oh, he doesn't want to play here. He's going to want to go somewhere else and, you know, get some meaningful minutes on a team that's going to compete at a high level. But he came back, and oddly enough, when I watch him, I feel like he enjoys being here in Chicago. Uh, what's your take on Andre Drummond and, and, and how he settled into his role as the backup center? Yeah, I've been fascinated because it's interesting, right? Like, I mean, a few days basically into the, his first season in Chicago, Andre Drummond was admitting like, hey, I still think I'm a starting center. I feel like I can play at that level. I feel like I can go out there and earn that. Maybe not in this situation, but that's how I view myself. And you're looking at it with a skeptical uh, perspective from there and you're like well, you know if he doesn't get a lot of minutes this could turn into a problem but it's never been a problem at all he's had a great attitude and he's made the most out of minutes whenever he's gotten them and it's tough right because Vooch is going to average 30 32 34 minutes a night whatever you want there and Andre Drummond's they rarely play them both at the same time although they did against the Cavaliers the other night because Cleveland was winning the 
the battle in the glass so well, but that doesn't leave a lot of time for Andre Drummond, but every other game it seems like you look at him and it's like, oh, he had nine points and seven rebounds, and he only played 14 minutes, so uh, he's done a really good job leaving an impression, and I think he'll obviously enjoy this, this bigger role for however many games here um, moving forward tonight, maybe a couple more depending on how um, Vooch responds, obviously, but I, I think his attitude's worth praising, obviously, because he's accepted that backup role, picked up that player option to return, and look, he's been a good guy in the locker room when it could have been a situation that was difficult, and I don't think we need to go out of our way to praise guys for, for being basic professionalism when they pick that situation, but um, he's been good. He's been good, and I think the Bulls have a really good backup center situation. Guy's always been able to, to rebound, for sure. Um, the other guy I want to ask about, too, is, you know, we were talking about DeMar DeRozan earlier, and I never thought we would be talking about, yeah, let's let's give DeMar DeRozan another contract. Let's, let's extend him because, it, uh, like, it's so much of the talk was, you know, this is he does not fit the style of what the Bulls are doing. But it seems like DeMar DeRozan, at this point in his career, he, he's happy to see the other guys thrive. Do you look at that as something that could very well happen? Do you think the Bulls should extend DeMar DeRozan? No, I probably wouldn't. It's, it's really difficult, and that's, that's me operating in a vacuum, right? Like if the Bulls' mandate from ownership is to be as competitive as they can this year and next year and the year after and make the playoffs as a 7 or 8 seed, absolutely i think you got to move forward and keep him but um if there are no qualifiers like that i mean i think it's better for the long-term health of the organization to trade him and get these younger guys more opportunities you've seen what kobe and pat williams have done so so well recently just with increased opportunity and that's come because zach levine's out and this is a weird hypothetical or interesting hypothetical I've talked about with a few people, but like I think there's some degree of if Zach was still in the lineup and DeMar was out, even though DeMar never gets injured, like I still think Kobe and Pat would be flourishing as well. Now I think DeMar is probably better at sharing the ball than Zach. He's a better decision maker. So they're playing at a higher level than if that was flipped. But just the presence of one guy, one star, one lead scorer who holds the ball instead of two, um, I think's really helped Kobe and Pat. But DeMar's 34. He is slowing down, guys. He really is. Okay. His defense, I thought, was pretty darn good early in the year, and he's okay as a team defender. But, like, you can tell he's a step slower even than he was a year or two ago, and that really concerns me moving forward. His efficiency's down a little bit this year. Like, you got to take those things into consideration, 34. So, like, I think it's probably best for them um, to go toward that youth movement, see what you can get for Zach, um, and get these guys in here. But at the same time, like you're asking me, like this is a team of front office guys, they've prioritized playoffs and competition and getting the seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever seat it is at every moment since they've basically taken over in this front office in Arturis Karnishovis and Mark Eversley. So um, I don't we're not privy to those conversations with ownership, right? So like there's a world in which I understand why they'd keep DeMar and sign him to an extension, but we just haven't heard any movement on that front, and that's why February 8th trade deadline is going to be so fascinating beyond the Zach Levine situation mm. because before the year started, we all would have said, oh, that's the DeMar DeRozan situation day. <laughs> yeah, and I think with, with, with that whole thing, it's going to be interesting to see what they get back, Cody, because I'm looking at these role players now for the Bulls, the, sp the second unit, 
And I'm, I'm curious what it's going to look like. Or how are they going to plug in these players that do come in, in as a result of a trade? And the reason why I'm, I'm curious about it is because I look at who's there now. And what once was a Julian Phillips role, a guy that was ahead of Dalen Terry uh, in the rotation, now seems that that's been flipped. Dalen Terry is getting a lot more minutes. Talk to me about that, about those two guys, and, and why do you feel like Dalen Terry, who, who let's give, I want to give him some props. For one, he looks like he's gotten some grown man weight over the last, like, two weeks. I don't know what it is. He looks a little bit bigger. And I do like seeing him in the open floor because I, I did. that is what I liked about his game at Arizona. He hasn't been in those opportunities much um, this season. So why does he take precedent over a Julian Phillips in that role? Yeah, Billy's prioritized Dalen's ball handling a little bit more. Um, he's better off the bounce, which isn't to say Dalen's really good as a playmaker or anything. Like, he's got so far to go still. But, like, he's a little more comfortable with the ball in his hands for multiple dribbles than Julian Phillips is at this point. And that's what Billy has prioritized lately. And you bring up how Dalen's playing. I mean, I thought his performance against the Cavs on Saturday night was some of the best basketball I've seen him play because, A, it mattered, right? He was in the game in the first quarter, the second quarter in a close game and Zach Levine wasn't there. They're counting on him to do a little bit more and he got a ball in the corner. He pump faked, he drove baseline and dunked. I thought that was a wonderful play by him. And then he finished a tough layup in transition. I think he had six points, which look, nothing to write home about or anything, but like there are times where if Dale and Terry, like he's going like seven games at a time where he scores like four points, it's hard to play him when he's a complete zero on offense. So his six points the other night, like that mattered. If he can just do that every game, every other game, just get a couple buckets in those minutes he's out there, he should keep earning minutes. So I liked what I saw from him the other night. And it's weird, right? Because we're talking about they got their butt kicked by the Cavs and we're not that worried about it. It's kind of the attitude the Bulls had. And then I'm praising Dale and Terry here, but um, it wasn't that rosy of an outlook after the game. But I, if you're, if you're breaking down individual guys, I liked what I saw from him. And if we can see more of that from him, he'll have hope because like last year, he just, he just didn't display the ability to be comfortable with the ball in his hands whatsoever. And I think, think you're seeing that more now. So do that, keep working on that three point shot, which is really ugly at times, obviously for him. If he can do those things, then he's got a future here. And certainly look like you look forward, depending how they go, there could be opportunity depending on, uh, who they keep, who they trade, and they're going to need role guys no matter what. All right, the, back to the trade deadline, and I think the, the Alex Caruso question has been <laughs> seemingly occurring just about every second that he's been here. I, I guess that the Bulls still want to be a playoff team, like you were saying. You're not going to trade Alex Caruso, right? Or are you? No. If, if you want to be a playoff team this year, you're not. So they have to decide what they want to be, right? And that's the million dollar question. That's what none of us know. That's what really only a couple people in the front office and Michael Reinsdorf uh, probably know right now and are talking about within the organization. Obviously, Billy Donovan will be privy to those conversations too. But you talk about that, like Zach, you, you can trade Zach Levine and still be a play-in team this year. There's no doubt about that. But you trade Zach Levine and Alex Caruso and all of a sudden, you are not competing at a high level this year because that's how important he is to this team. I mean, he is the defensive identity in many ways. Um, the Bulls have been very good at forcing turnovers since they signed him. They continue to do that when they're playing their best, and he gets them out in transition where they can finish well um, with some of their athletes. So that's a situation where it's a lot of intrigue because pretty much everyone that's competing in the NBA wants him. 
The question is what the price will be. And I think if you get a really good price on Caruso, you should probably part ways with him, right? Like two good assets in a Caruso trade makes sense for me to trade him. If you're just trading him for like a first round pick that's going to land at like number 22, like the year the Bulls traded Nico Miritich, for example, and ended up picking Chandler Hutchinson with that pick they got, I think, from the Pelicans. Like that doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but if you can get a young guy to plug in your rotation and look forward a little bit more and get two assets in that trade, I think it makes sense. But again, like I think there's a lot of moving parts here. Like. I don't know with 100% certainty that the Bulls are going to say, we have to keep DeMar, we have to keep Alex Caruso. They could be like, you know what, let's keep Caruso unless we get a really good offer and then we'll move off of them and see what happens. Like, There's going to be some sliding doors here and just um, price points where you're, you're going to have to say no or yes at, at various moments. And I think that's why they're one of the most interesting teams to look at as a trade deadline nears. Cody, I'm looking at Zach Levine. One, let me know uh, when he's supposed to come back. And then I'm curious what the mindset of the team is, right? We know there's a level of confidence that's surrounding it right now. But I'm curious, like, if you've seen anything personally being around the team that makes you think, like, nah, these guys definitely believe that they're, you know, that good. Or or do are they, you know, yeah, t- just let's, let's live there. Does this team think they are that good? Well, I... I... No, I mean, I don't think they're under any illusion that they're going to win 75% of their games for the rest of the year. They understand it's been a hot streak, but if you do want the quick Zach Levine injury update, yes. it is it is fresh, Gabe. He has done uh, advanced to light cutting um, instead of just straight line running. So slight advancement, Billy Donovan pregame tonight, stressed that Zach has a long way to go in his ramp-up process still. So I'm thinking at least a few weeks a few being at least two. I'm sure at this point, by the time they want to get him in um, contact practice, things like that, it still feels like we're probably two, three weeks away, best case there. And then it gets into that gray area of do they keep extending it just so they don't have to bring him back because the trade deadline looms, yes. all of that stuff. The don't want to risk yes. injury. <laughs> I think we'd. it's fascinating. I want to see him come back and play. I don't know that he will. I'd probably right now still bet. No, he doesn't play another game in a Bulls uniform if I had to bet, but I still think it's close and I'd love to see it because I want to see what they can replicate. And to the point about the team, like they've remained steadfast that Zach can fit in um, when he comes back. The players have. They've said the right things, had his back. But Billy Donovan has kind of not gone the other way, but he stressed the connectivity um, and the ball movement so much. He's praised Kobe so much for how he's got his points while doing that and helping others that every time Billy talks, you can't help but have like this cloud of the context that Zach is not doing this. So it it feels like to me as an organization, the Bulls are just fine if he doesn't come back because they've already seen enough. But like the players have his back. Like if you're talking about the locker room, they're saying the right things like Damar is still tight with Zach. So uh, I think they're they're striking the right notes but I don't know what it means in the big picture yet. It feels to me like, I mean, this has been fun to watch, and I'm glad that you gave the answer that you did to, to Gabe in terms of the team having no illusions that they're going to win 75% of the games. What well, The fear that I have, and we're all applauding this, but we all sort of like had enough of the Scott Skiles style of basketball, like that era of Lou Aldang and Kirk Heinrich and Andres Nocioni. There was a limit to what they could do. So I guess the point I'm making 
is it's good. There's still a lot. Like you get rid of Zach Levine, that's fine. You still got a lot of work to do before this oh, yeah. team is competitive in winning playoff series. Oh, it's so long to go still. And that's why I think, like, to me, what makes the most sense is let whatever Zach Levine trade return you get back, those young guys, let them blossom alongside Kobe and Pat, establish a little bit of a foundation, right? Like, I think we all agree right now, like the year the Bulls had Lonzo in the lineup and what, they won 46 games, like that's their ceiling with this team, even if everything went right and that took Lonzo being healthy for half season. Like this is like a 42 win ceiling team, even when everything seems to be going right. So like you, you strip it down to the young players, like what, 35 win ceiling, 30, like okay, whatever, but get them out there and then you use... Um, your draft picks that you acquire and pounce in the draft or a trade for someone who's better and keep growing from there. So like completely agree that there is so far for this team to go to compete to win a playoff series or the standard I always come back to guys is like build a team that can like get to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Like I understand it's really hard to build the best team in the NBA, but if you can build one of the three or four best and give yourself a chance, I think that matters and I think that's a crucial any organization she's just you got to be there to have a chance and this team like when Derrick Rose was here obviously they got to that point haven't been back to that point and I just group of players doing much at any point on that front Cody I appreciate you man for hanging out with us today and giving us some insight on this Bulls game before they take on the Atlanta Hawks have yourself a great one there goes Cody I think we lost Cody's connection but yeah man I mean last time I mean, I don't think Paul Gasol, Derek Rose, and Jimmy Butler are walking through that door because that was the, the no. those are the guys the last time they were playing in the Eastern Conference Final and Finals, and LeBron James said, "I don't think so." Yeah, when you're looking at the Eastern Conference and who's sitting at the top, I mean, it's a lot of teams that are heavy, like they have a lot of talent, right? We're looking at Boston. I mean, Porzingis, Tatum, Jalen Brown. And they go to the finals I mean, every year, right? right. Milwaukee, <laughs> Dame Lillard, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, Philadelphia, Joel Embiid, and whoever. And then it's like, after that, it's just the bum teams. Not bum teams, but just teams that you're not necessarily concerned about. Orlando, Miami, New York, Cleveland, Indiana, Brooklyn, Chicago. And so the Bears, the Bears, the Bulls aren't too far from Bears. being in that, like, fourth, fifth, sixth window. Go Bears! You know what? You're right. What am I doing? Yeah, what All are right. you doing? Um, this has been a long show. Yeah, no, I understand. Hey, yeah, we've been rolling here. Gross, you out? That's it? Yeah. I'm out. I'm kicking out Groats because I got to take him home. The Oak Park boys. Somebody wants me to go do my podcast. Please. He's going to take over the show. So we My get wife wants me to get home. I, I right got now. you, Ray. So. Ray, if you're listening, I'm coming for you, buddy. Shout out Ray Diaz. Yeah, Doing Ray Diaz. Triple time today. Grody's out of here on the other side. Uh, finish up a couple thoughts on the Bulls. And then, of course, talk about some Bears as well because I just backed, my, backed myself into that corner. So I guess we'll do that. Groats, see you mañana. I'll see you in a little bit. Yeah, but I will see you tomorrow. Yes. yes. I'll see you in 10 yeah. minutes. He said 10 minutes. Guarante- no chance, 10 minutes. That's why I told him to try. get his ass out of here earlier. All right, I will be back for one more segment to lead you into Bulls pregame. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe and Grody filling in for Parkinson's Spiegel right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Provasic. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Been a long four hours. Afternoons on the score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we we have to do a better job with short yardage. There's no question about that. I think that we do a, a, you know, you have to have a staple, something that you go to. You know, it's 
you know, it's usually the, the, the sneak or the wedge or the rugby, whatever you're calling that, you know, the Philadelphia play, um, you know, so, and we've done that a couple of times, and, uh, but we need to be more effective at that, you know, so uh, we're looking to be more effective at that because you need something like that where you can always go to that. And then you need some stuff that, that hits the perimeter, you know, um, you know, because teams will load up inside there um, on you, you know, pack everybody inside and leave themselves vulnerable on the outside. So I, I do think you need that. And uh, we certainly uh, have that in our arsenal too. But uh, again, it just comes down to execution. You know, it comes down to the guys, you know, executing that the the push play um, better, and also the perimeter plays better. That's Coach Matt Eberflus talking about the Bears and needing to execute better in short yardage situation. Bears were eight for thirteen in third down uh, efficiency on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, 22 first downs, had quite a few in the first half. Um, 420 total yards, time of possession, you know, did what they normally do, 34 to 25 minutes, respectively. Um, and the Bears had that lone interception. Justin Fields, if he doesn't throw the interception, he only had one sack on the day. It would have been the first time in his career where he did not throw an interception and had been sacked in the same game. So zero and zero. He's still never done that, but almost close against Arizona. Uh, get the chance to do a little bit more of that on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I got some more cuts on Coach Eberflus who spoke today. Um, and it's about the defense because a lot of people have been giving him praise in particular of how he's led this defense you know, while coaching, and that's a big reason why they think he should keep the job. Uh, but Coach Eberflus talked about it himself as to what's impressed him. Yeah, um, they've uh, stepped up in a lot of ways, and most most importantly, they're playing together. You know, so the continuity that they have. Um, obviously, the run defense has been stout. Um, you know, at times, and uh, we certainly need to have that done this week. You know, we got a big challenge ahead of us for uh, the run. Uh, this team is a really good run team. Uh, they know how to do it, and obviously, they got really good personnel uh, that can do that. So we got to do a really good job this week. Um, but the, the takeaways have been um, high. I know we didn't get any the other day, so uh, we're going to have to pick that up here the next game. Um, you know, and then obviously the, the space tackling, the tackling, uh, the sacks have picked up. You know, all those things have done that. But really it's just buying into the system. You know, buying into our system, it's got a long history. Um, it's been around uh, this league for a long time. And the guys understand the core principles and the standards it takes to play the positions. And uh, they're really doing a good job of – rushing and cover and cover and rush, really playing off each other that way and understanding, you know, where the spots are to make their plays in the defense. Um, that's why you guys, uh, you see guys that are comfortable. Um, they're playing fast and they're playing physical and it's, it's fun to watch when it gets to that point. I'm sure that gets them excited. I mean, who wouldn't, I mean, if you're a defensive minded head coach and you see your defense playing that way, getting better week in and week out, it most certainly got to be something that has you feeling good. Um, what didn't have them feeling good was the interception by Justin Fields, after that big play, because he did talk about that, executing after big plays. Uh, and they asked him uh, what, what, what Coach Eberflus saw on that interception. Man, on that interception, what, was there, what is the corner supposed to be doing? Did he just make him, like you said, a nice play and kind of was in a position that he normally Yeah, so what I saw on tape, it was, man, it was straight man-to-man coverage, and they had a guy uh, assigned. It was a five-man rush. They had a guy assigned to Justin for scramble, um, and they were in man-to-man coverage across the board. So he took the guy to the flat. Uh, ran out of real estate and sloughed off and turned turned what we call BTS and ended up making a nice play on the ball. BTS like the band? No, couldn't have been. I think so. I heard he's a big he's a big K-pop only, fan. Only you and I know who BTS are right now. Yeah, it's true. Literally just you. And it's I. just you. We should ask Grody <laughs> tomorrow. 
No chance. <laughs> All right. Behind the scenes? Yeah, behind the scenes. want to thank our guests for today. Clay Harbor hanging out with us, nine-year NFL vet. Try to get him on later in the week. Jalen Johnson had some great stuff to say at 4 p.m. Pat Finley came on at 5 to talk a little bit of Bears, and then Cody Westland just graced us with his presence to talk some Bulls basketball. i got to thank Sean Sears for holding down producing duties today. Thanks, man. That's it? Okay. That's it. I'll have drafts for you tomorrow. Got you. Shout out Leo Stada. Her little baby shout out for Leo doing some audio. Leo is big help today. Yeah, big Good help dude. today. All right. Uh, coming up next, Bulls pregame. Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington, Alyssa Berger, Mini. As for me and Grody, Wednesday and Thursday, you get another dose of double G. I'm just going to tell you, that's, that's a bad call. I don't know. You're working it, so you're part of that bad call, my friend. All right. Mi gente, that means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time, I am Gabe Ramirez. He is Mark Grody, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was staring except for me. Ditka Claus. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.